Hello, Peter. All right, let me not give you a No one has ever sent that to you? Hello, Peter. Are those your socks? Huh? Oh, yeah. On the... Okay. <laughs> you have a vertical hanging thing for your... Is that like socks and underwear each day that you like take out? Yeah, I'm trying a new thing. Am I a fucking insane person for doing that? Is it just socks and underwear? Is it like t-shirt as well? So each... Ooh, maybe I should do t-shirt as well. Um, each like little little pouch has one pair of underwear, one pair of socks. Uh-huh. Uh, so that like I don't have to pick through shit. I just pick it up, put it into my gym bag. Yeah, I guess that saves a couple seconds uh, yeah. every morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's not about the seconds. It's about the uh, cognitive load. Right, okay. The, the cognitive friction in the morning that I need to conserve to go to the gym, not to pick out socks. Right, I see. It sounds more ridiculous now that I'm explaining it to you. We have a theme song and it goes like this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary and everybody else, and everyone under the sun. Welcome back to Avatar The First Viewing Podcast. This is the podcast where a first-time watcher of the show, Avatar The Last Airbender, goes to and watches the entire series from start to finish alongside an Avatar expert. I am your Avatar expert, Eli. I am your Avatar newbie. My name is Peter. And Nikki is working on a Sunday because oh. that's how residency be sometimes. Doctor, doctor. Busy doctor. But today we're taking a look at Season 2, Episode 17. What is the episode called, I Eli? Think. It is called Lake Lao Guy. Lake Lao Guy. And you're going to fact check me in real time. No, I think that's what it is. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Is, did I get the episode number correct? I don't know. I'll leave it to you. <laughs> so, I like this episode a lot. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, you want to you wanna do your recap first? Yeah, I'll do my freshman recap. I feel like it's going to take uh, like five minutes to recap this episode. Yeah, it's a lot of details. Yep, yep. Not everything happened, but like so much of the culminating stuff in the last half the season yeah. kind of culminated, if that's the right way to say. Hi, Fiona. <laughs> Bye, Fiona. Oh, she left. Oh. Newbie recap. <laughs> Aang Gang starts put out flyers for Appa. You know, they're trying to find Appa because Appa OP and they love Appa. And then Judy comes around, the OG Judy, mind you, comes yep. around and says... Not the replacement one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The OG Judy... And she's like, hi, stop fucking doing this. It's not allowed. <laughs> and then Aang gets fed up and pretty much says like, you know what? Like, fuck off. Like, we're going to do this anyway. There's like too many yeah. rules. We, we can't play by the rules. We need to find out. But so because they just keep doing it, they cut to a scene of Judy getting scolded by the ministry, minister of culture in this ominous green glowy room. Long Fang is his Long name. Fang? Right? Okay. Okay. I guess technically be like with the spelling, it'd be Long Fung. But in the show, they Long say Fong. Long Fang. Okay, Long so. Fang. Uh, okay. Well, let's say Long, they say in the show Long Fang. Let's okay, say Long, Long Fang. Fang. Uh, Long Fang is like, Judy, you fucked up. And then he chants this magical phrase. The king has invited you to Lake Lao Guy. And she goes from hysteria pupils to... Pupils dilate. Pupils dilated. Mm -hmm. And she's mm -hmm. like, I will obey. Uh, mm -hmm. And then they cut to the Ang Gang again. Roger, and, Roger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, cut to, <laughs> they cut to the Aang Gang again, 
lo and behold, it's Jet. And Jet's like, hey, Yang Gang, I'm normal. Or, no, 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 no. Katara uh, blushes and like is angry at the same time, starts attacking him. And then he's like, mm-hmm. no, Katara, I'm, I'm trying to help. I know where Appa is. Jet leads them to this shed where like he says Appa is. And like it's clearly a setup because like, you know, there's like fur and stuff. Like something's fishy. This sweeper guy yep. is saying like, oh, this big bison was here. He was shitting all over the place. And they say that Appa's been shipped off to this far away countryside place away from Bossing Say. And it's clearly a ruse. When he said that, it it kind of reminded me of yeah. like when your pet dies when you're like <laughs> six years old. He's in a better place. Oh, he's he he went to the farm. Uh, he's too old. So we sent him to this countryside, and he's gonna live there. Uh, he really misses you, but oh no, he's too far. We can't go visit him anymore. The, the fish he went to the ocean through the yeah. sewage plant. Yeah, the fish. He's swimming in the ocean with all of his friends. All the other turds that you. It was so out. good for him. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's it's sus. It's clearly sus. Yeah. And so Aang is like, wait a second, that's been played on me before. Yeah. I know there ain't no countryside. Yeah, no countryside. And then <laughs> that ruse was a bit of a long shot, if you will. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of long shots. Speaking of long shot and Smellerby. <laughs> <laughs> the two gang members show up uh, and basically contradict the lie that Jet was saying that uh, you know, yeah. he's been living in some nice apartment without his gang. He doesn't know where they are. The gang says, mm-hmm. oh, we've been looking all over for you. What do you mean? And through... You were taken by the Dai Li. What happened? What did the Dai right, Li do to right, you? Right, right, uh-huh. The Dai Li. Um, and then uh, Toph, who reveals she can tell when people are lying through vibrations and shit, which is pretty cool, yeah. says Big neither are lying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Neither are lying. A lot of, lot of power developments in this episode. Sokka has the insight to say, oh, they, maybe they are telling the truth, or at least they think so. Mm. Jet must be brainwashed. Uh, mm. And then uh, Katara heal bends, like the water healing bends his brain noggin. And yeah. he starts to remember. <laughs> he uh-huh. remembers like, yeah, getting brainwashed, like a lot of flash cutscenes of like the Clockwork Orangey type sh- stuff. Yep. And then... They're like, oh, it's under this, like, lake, or it's underwater, like, in this, like, dungeon place somewhere. Uh, and basically, they're able to, go like, go to the lake. Lake Lao Guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Lake Lao Guy. Through his memories. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then there's a B story. Yeah, this this freshman recap is going to be long, but it, it kind of didn't need to yeah. be. Um, yeah. In the meantime, Zuko uh, sees one of the flyers realizes that Angang's around and basically mm-hmm. dons the blue spirit, the mask of the blue spirit again, lures one of the Dai Li, I guess, in the night and like tricks him and, and tricks him into like, I don't know, getting like he basically threatens him into like telling him what's up, like what what's happening with mm-hmm. like the like the bison or like anything. They get to the dungeon at the same time. They're poking around for Appa but they end up in the chambers with Dai Li and Long Long Fang instead. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. Zuko gets to Appa. They have a big action sequence, awesome action sequence with the gang members yep. and Ang Gang with the Dai Li. Um, they're skirmishing about Long Fang somehow isolates Jet and Ang uh, into a different chamber, and then he mm-hmm. says, 
get the fuck out. And then he says, the king has invited you to Lake Lao Gai. Jet goes berserk, uh, mm-hmm. fights with Aang for a cool sequence. And then what, what does Aang say to untrigger him? He says something. He's just like, he says, remember, come on, I don't want to, he says something in particular. He says like a word, like, remember your like fucking. Oh, your freedom. Like your freedom, your freedom fighter. Yeah, yeah. Freedom fighters. Yeah, that's right. And then, and then he, he has remembers a the entire yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then comes back, but then uh, turns around to like fight the guy, Long Fung, and Long Fung sends like a big jagged rock his way, and gets mm-hmm. fucking you know bodied. Jet is yep. on the floor, uh, and then Long Fung gets away. The Ang gang show up. Katara is trying to heal them. The gang members are like, you know, Smellerby and Longshot are like, you got to go after Long Fung. Like he's our leader. And Longshot, mm-hmm. for the first time, actually talks and says... He speaks. Yeah, he says, he's our leader. We'll take care of him or something. Mm-hmm. And then Chet says, Katara, I'll, I'll be okay. <laughs> and then Toph, walking Toph away, says, says he's, he's lying. lying. <laughs> you know, classic setup there. So th- this one, this whole sequence is like the most roundabout way of saying that Jet dies. So yeah. let, me, let me just be clear, because... The show is very unclear about this, and it takes until later episodes because people are confused. Yeah, that they they're like, yeah, he died. Oh, uh, I thought it was clear. Yeah, it's just I think they, but there's no like, yeah, the whole that Toff's line is like, yeah, but it's so like indirect. Yeah, and like his wounds don't look fatal, but he's like he's dying. Like they've been hit with that kind of shit all the time before, yeah, yeah, but they yeah, don't yeah. die. Let, all of a sudden, he dies. Let's cover this. this. Let's cover this later. I I think this is important. yeah. But just to wrap up. Uh, they make it out of the lake, are chased by the Daily, but then they're cornered by more Daily, and then they seemingly, oh, the Daily raised these like two huge walls, uh, so now they're like cornered in this like wall, 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 lake. Yep. And the Daily, and then uh, before that, basically, Iro randomly fucking waltzes into the opera room. <laughs> And we see a new side of Iroh, where Iroh's not, like, trying to, like, incept wisdom through, like, jolly fucking whatever. He's, like, to Iroh's, like, to Zuko, like, dude, grow the fuck up and, like, ask yourself the real questions, man. Like, what do you want? What is your destiny? Who programmed this destiny into you? You can choose your own destiny. What do you really want to do, man? Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, that's where they left it off. But then, uh, clearly... Uh, the next scene is like Appa coming from the sun or like coming, like flying down from the sky. And again, like Appa OP, Saves but like it's so satisfying because like you've, yeah, because you, like, oh, they're reunited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He him. just like shoulder rams through these fucking thick <laughs> stone walls, just annihilates everybody and picks them up. And then they pretty much fly away. And I, and I guess that's the end of the episode, other than uh, Zuko. Like throwing the mask into the lake. Yeah. He's abandoning the blue spirit. Yeah. Symbolically and literally. Yeah. Okay. That was a bit choppy, but you know, I think I it's a lot. There's it. a lot that happens in this episode. Yeah. We need to cover it all. What are your overall thoughts? Oh, overall thoughts. Um, it was a, I mean, plot wise, it was such a just like yummy full yeah. episode that I was just like, I'm, 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 I'm eating it up the whole time. Yeah. I would say, you know, like thematically it wasn't like the most moving or the deepest per se. Yeah. But like, you know, one of 
my favorite episodes this season in terms of like things happening. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the buildup, I think this is like, this is like the first part of the roller coaster was going like dick, 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 dick up for yeah. the whole season. Now this is like the first part of like, I think it's the first drop. And we'll see like the next few drops coming. Yeah. You know? Now there's only two episodes left. So there's a lot, you know. Yeah. yeah there's yeah. going to be a whole lot of plot Ooh, in the next boy. couple episodes. Uh, so this is definitely, you're right, the start of that. Yeah. Well, I really like that. I really liked that we saw, I mean, my favorite things, right? Like, I think the biggest missing part was like, like big thematic things, but everything mm-hmm. else was there. Great action sequence. We haven't seen an action sequence in a while. That was mm-hmm. like multi-elemental. That was multi-characters that had real consequences with you mm-hmm. know Jet dying. Um, there was a lot of re- love triangle-y kind of references. Oh, all the all the power stuff with like Toph like being able to tell people's lies. Katara not yep. only being able to heal but like heal people's brains. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's a pretty like undoing brainwashing is like an. A pretty significant expansion yeah. of like water bending healing. Yeah, like basically, she, not only is she a surgeon, she's a neurosurgeon. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. She get, she needs get paid the big bucks, man. That's yeah, yeah. That's a skill right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget the whole fighting thing. That that's a big skill. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's it's frequently like brushed aside as like. Yeah, that's silly. A secondary thing, like oh, I'm a neurosurgeon in my off hours. <laughs> you know, you know, it's yeah. it's part time, once a month. Water uh, whip. I'm a traveling. <laughs> Heal brain <Water> damage. <laughs> Heal trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I wish I had a Squirtle with that move set. <laughs> Squirtle, heal trauma. <laughs> I mean, that is like already part of her character. Is just like heal trauma already. Like, of like as a personality, help, as a personality, like without water bending, she already has heal trauma as a character power. But then this is like a embodiment of that into yeah. her actual powers. Definitely, like not to be taken lightly. It's it's a significant yeah. power. Overall impressions. That's it. It's it's a great episode. It was okay. very 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 full. How about you? I really like this episode. I like how the plot moves through it. It's just engaging the whole time. It's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of funny bits in the episode as well that I really liked mm-hmm. that we'll get to. Overall, I'm excited to talk about the theme. I think there's a there's a big theme that I want to talk to, which we can talk about next. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I'm curious what oh, your favorite favorite parts. Part. Yeah, favorite. Part. Oh wait, wait. Before we get to favorite parts, predictions. Oh yeah, predictions. So two two avenues where I must predict. Right. One is they finally got Appa. So what does that mean? The the end game mm-hmm. is doing next. Well, I guess I don't know. Well, I, their their mission is still to convince the Earth King to help them. Yeah. Uh, like during the solar eclipse, I guess. Hmm. So maybe their next mission is to free the Earth King from the culture ministers. Mm-hmm. Thing. I still think in the next episode, uh, what's your face is gonna show up. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Azula. Azula. Yeah, I think Azula. I think Azula hitting the fan and trying to like take over, take Aang slash take over the Earth Kingdom is still going to be a thing. I think it's going to be Azula somewhat partnered with Long Fang. Yeah. Versus the freedom, like the the Smellerby and Longshot, I think are still going to be in the picture. Plus Aang mm-hmm. Gang, plus Zuko trying to defeat them slash free the Earth King person. Yeah. 
And I, I've been telling you, I've been asking you this like every episode. We're inching further and further towards Zuko confronting Aang again after yeah. it's, been a, it's been a long time and confronting uh, Azula again. Yeah. And you, you'll still think, again, I ask it every time, but you still think it's going to be Zuko and Aang, right? Because yeah. this episode, he gives up the blue spirit. Iroh convinces him to just let Appa go. Yeah, that's that's where I like have a little bit of qualms slash questions. Like my prediction is that mm-hmm. like that was the first big chunk of the iceberg that like kind of chipped off. Uh, that's yeah. not a phrase, but like that that's like that, that was like his first main step into like mm-hmm. manifesting his actual destiny, which is to be a good guy and like help Aang and all that stuff. But I, my qualm is that like there needs to be more of a catalyst, right? Like, th- mm-hmm. like a character changing can't be through your uncle telling you to, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? It needs yeah. to be through like actual adversity slash a challenge, a loss, like, you know, like maybe, yeah. maybe literally, maybe, you know, just literarily like mm-hmm. that's people don't change because like someone recommends it, you know, <laughs> 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 try change it's great <laughs> so i i feel like i mean clearly iroh is very important to him and like iroh talking that way is not like a everyday thing yeah so clearly that had an impact and like he it's not like he didn't want to do it and iroh forced him it's that like he was so conflicted and i iroh gave him like a tap mm-hmm. um but i still think the next episode he will it's not like he's gonna be like hey and i had a change of heart and you yeah. know the fire nation is evil it's, and it's blah, gonna blah, be blah. the catalyst is gonna happen over the next two episodes yeah you think yeah i think okay. he's gonna i think he's gonna start leaning towards it next episode but i think it's gonna flip like the watershed moment is gonna happen in the, the finale yeah okay there's gonna be like uh like an actual culminating moment where like i told you like he Again, I said this in a previous episode, like an episode where like he needs to grab Azula or Ang off of a cliff, <laughs> you know, and he decided okay. he grabs like Ang, you know, something All like right. something like that. Okay, I like these predictions. I like these predictions. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yummy, yummy. Just as you said, the, <laughs> those those plot details. Watching this episode to you, and then your predictions to me. Yummy, yummy. Yummy, yummy. Okay. As I think. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, our favorite parts of the episode. Yep, yep. Ooh, okay. Uh, why don't you start? You said you had some. There yep. were a lot of funny moments and like a thematic thing. Yes. Um, I think this is the funniest moment of the show so far. Is when they're putting up the flyers. No way. And then Toph is like, "I can put up flyers myself." And then she like <laughs> puts it on the wall, and it's like just facing the wrong direction. It's a blank piece of paper. And she's like, it's upside down, isn't it? And they're like, they don't even say anything. They're like, come on, Toph. <laughs> Dude, they like, really? That was, that was really funny. I chuckled. Yeah, it doesn't, actually, it doesn't sound, or it doesn't feel milked. It just, it actually just feels funny. Like, they make a lot of bits yeah. around her blindness. They they don't overdo it. That's yeah, why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you forget that she's blind because she's so competent that whenever it's like a moment that like, I guess even with her power, she wouldn't be able to do this. It's like a funny, funny thing because she's so powerful. Yeah. And before in the earlier episode, um, I'll talk about this. This will be like my main thing I talk about in this episode, but just the idea of Lake Lao guy of like reeducation centers. Mm, yeah. It's so pertinent because 
re-education camps that are currently in China. It's like very uh, reminiscent of that. There's no forced labor at uh, in Lake Laogai, but the Uyghurs in China, like this is something that they're going through. They're trying to change their identity um, in China. So seeing that represented here as well, it's like, it's kind of like uh, they do it in like a Hollywood way of like, they're doing that like monotone robot voice, like, I'm Judy, and there's like a room full of them. I am Judy, and welcome to Bossing Say. It's very Hollywoody, but either way, this is still like a a thing right now that like millions of people are experiencing. So I think it's I like seeing it in a show like this to let people know that this could exist and does exist. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Um, yeah, that room full of Judys was fucking crazy. Yeah, um, just haunting because it was with like a fisheye like lens. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Not that it's, you know, actually filmed. Um, and also, um, just the way that they animate the Judy's that their eyes are like, yeah. you know, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also pointing back to like when, um, when Judy, the OG Judy was telling them not to put up posters, they were like, Hey, what happened to you? Like this other lady was, was, re- uh, replaced you. And like, they said you went on and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she doesn't acknowledge it. She just goes, I am Judy. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, she doesn't know. Creepy. Yeah. How about you? What are your favorite, favorite parts? My favorite parts. Um, let me, let me talk a bit about the action sequence. Um, yeah. Really cool action sequence. Uh, we, you see jet with his like two hook swords. Like I'm sure there's like an mm-hmm. actual name for those, uh, fighting without any powers. Right. I don't know that I, I can't seem to remember anything specific other than like, it's no longer about like, Ooh, this is a show about elements. So let me show you, let me demo you like the three moves that each element does. Yeah. It was much more of like a fluid choreography. Like it's, it was, it's not like sequenced to like, Oh, here's Ang's moves. Here's Katara's moves. Here's the bad guy's moves. It was like much more, uh, it shows you kind of the chaos, but like dexterity of each fighter, uh, fighting mm. everybody. Um, oh, I guess the the cool thing is the the da, the Dai Li have the have the you know rock hands that fly out. That was still mm-hmm. cool to see. But then like the Ang gang are all like you know not threatened by that. They either like I think Toph just like makes it crumble. The other guys yeah. like like break it down with their own bending. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any like specific things that pop out in your mind? I can't. I remember I like it. I can't remember like actual specific sequences for some reason. I just like seeing Toph fight against Earthbenders because, yeah. like, she's really practiced with that and very good at that. She just like hard counters like most things that they do, and they're trying to keep up with her. Oh, that's uh, the true. way she like creates platforms and like they're trying to like they're like hanging out on the walls, and then she just kind of like shoots them off the walls. Yeah. Um. So I, I like how it's like she's the best at doing that. Yeah, you because right. that's what she did in the ring. You know. Yeah. She um they they spend a little extra time on her. And you're yeah. right that like, she's clearly like, at combat especially. I think she's like, definitely a a, a head above like Katara and Aang. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Not only. Can- well, I mean, this is this is her element. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. That's true. She's in her element. I'm <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, fighting like, against her yeah, element. But yeah. like, they did a good job of like demonstrating that the Daily are very like they're not the NPCs that you generally see. They're like oafs yeah. that just get like hit by one element blast and yeah the fire nation soldiers yeah, that yeah, are like yeah. ah ah no like these guys are like deft fighters 
But like yeah. Katara's still like not like she's not out of breath. She's like focused, but like she clearly is like mm-hmm. better than them and like ousts them, as you said. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I'll point out a couple other things like the like the love triangle type stuff, the romantic type yeah. stuff. Like, I kind of forget how Jet left off way back, but like Katara, like in first seeing him, they bl- made her blush like super hard, but also be like angry at him at the same time. Um, yeah. And then later, that when they're trying to jog his memory, Sokka goes, "Hey, why don't you try giving him a kiss?" And yeah. Katara gets super flustered and she goes like, why don't you give him a kiss? Um, mm-hmm. And Sokka's like, hey, just an idea. And then there's a, a sneaky short shot of Aang where he says, yeah, bad idea. Because he doesn't want that to happen because he, you know, they're hinting, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. Happen. Oh, I kind of I kind of missed that. Yeah. yeah, missed yeah. That. Uh, yeah. It's like it was super subtle. Uh, and it was basically to say, you know, Aang doesn't want Katara to. Kiss another guy. Yeah, yeah. smooching. Yeah, that that's that triangle is that corner is closed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. we'll see what happens. Another with prediction. The other characters. This kind of makes me think that Aang does end up with Katara. It does, based off of this interaction or this episode. Out of the picture? This episode. Why is that? Uh, because they literally killed like the one other love interest in my head that could be a thing. Right, but. Uh, I guess Zuko? No. Nikki no. has been theorizing Zuko forever. Oh, fuck. No, I think it's Katara. I think it's Katara. Katara and Aang? And Aang. Aang, Aang. Yeah, Aang. Okay. All right, we'll see. Because. We will see. This is a wild guess. I feel like uh, Korra may be the daughter. Is that it? I don't know. That, I'm not going to say. Yeah, that because that's like such an obvious thing that is so easy for that it's so easy to be spoiled for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't look it up. I'm, I'm not, not no, 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 no. I, I don't look it up. But like, <laughs> that's one of those facts that like are so obvious to people that have watched Korra. Yeah. That like it could slip out, you know? Uh huh. But that's for my sure. prediction then. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty bold one. I could be bold faced yeah. wrong. Yeah, it's true. Cause Korra's design is very, I mean, she's also from, Wait, she's from. I don't even know. I can't remember now. She's from the Northern Water Tribe. No, she's from the Southern Water Tribe. But she looks a lot like Katara, but she's more like stocky. She's like very well trained and is like buff. Don't look it up. I don't (laughs) want you looking up Googling anything about Legend of Korra. It's going to immediately spoil so much. So, uh, don't, don't even, don't you dare is what I'm going to say. Don't even think about it. Okay. Not, not until we finished. That series too. You shouldn't be looking up anything about uh, any I, of this. Dude, I, this has been pleasant. Uh, this has been a delight mm-hmm. because I'm okay. so used to sh- everything being ruined for me in this day and age. Good, but I've and I'm, I'm making sure of that. <laughs> I'm making sure. Yeah. Uh, one last thing I do want to bring up is something I really liked. Yeah. Is we had a, like, one of the best Iroh moments. Yes. Of when he like really confronts him and he's like, "Who do you want to be?" And he's like, he's always been much more like riddly, kind of like, you know, not exactly saying explicitly what to do, what to think. It's he's inching more towards like, no, Zuko, like, don't do this. And he he is doing that when he's like, he's not saying don't take Appa or like let Appa go. He's saying like, what the what are you doing exactly? And that's enough to spur Zuko to be like, yeah, I guess you're right. And it, he really does say for the first time, and I remember me as a viewer for the first time watching this, when I did watch this for the first time, when he was like, you would have died 
uh, the first time that you got Aang, like how would you have gotten out of the that snowfield? You know, oh wait, yeah, like it was the Aang. He said that it's like if his friends hadn't have saved you, like I would never have found you. You would have been dead out there. Wait, that's and the season Zuko's one finale, like, right? yeah, the season one finale, and he's like, yeah, uh, whatever. I would have thought of something, but then he's like internally realizing, like, oh shit, maybe I would have died. <laughs> Yeah, so I like that like that scene a lot, but uh, if we don't have anything else, how about some critiques? Yep, yep. I know what mine is right away. Same really? shit as always. Yeah. Oh, uh, too convenient. Too convenient. It's. Uh, I think I know what it is. Yeah, go ahead. It's okay. It's Jet. Jet finding Katara. I'm okay with that, but his gang just bumping into him after that. I'm like, come on. How did they, they've been looking for him and then they just, ah, oh, we finally found you right here oh, at the so perfect true, yeah. time. I say that every time though, that now it's sort of becoming like, <laughs> okay, Eli, we get it. Come up with something else, Eli. I'm like, all right, fine. Maybe I will have to think of something else. There was another thing. I mean, I think it's just about Jet's death. I feel like this is, and I'm, I think I've looked up um, the reason why they did this. And it's sort of like a Nickelodeon thing. Yeah. Where it's like, you can't, like death is... It's hard for them to show uh, explicitly, especially yeah. for major characters like this. So they had to do this like weird way of Jet dying that doesn't feel... Now, I don't think that's how death should feel. Uh, I watched recently, uh, there's an interview with uh, with George R. R. Martin. And he's. Uh, I think the question, it was a question from an audience. And they're talking to him about what character deaths were the hardest for you. And he's like, oh, I like killing a lot of the characters, but... Uh, but he's talking about the Red Wedding. Honestly, have you seen Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, viewers, I'm sorry if you haven't seen it. Uh, but there's this one this one episode where, like, lots of, like, really Spoiler major characters alert. die. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know that that's what people say about the show. Is that, like, oh, this character just died. Whoa. What he talks about in the interview, he says he thinks that a lot of, like, Hollywood really brushes over death as this sort of, like, empowering thing for characters yeah. to like, uh, you, you killed my blank and now I'm going to kill you or do something ma- drastic, but they don't like, they don't allow the viewer to grieve over these characters that die. Like yeah. character dies, like, uh, whatever. And like, they don't lean into it enough or they don't make it impactful with the way they die. It's yeah. just like this peaceful, poetic thing. Most of the time. What? Okay. Meow. Fiona's talking. Meow. Um, so he's like, if a character dies, it should be a really, really big deal. And you shouldn't make light of it uh, in your book or in your movie or whatever. And I feel like this episode is kind of doing that because they're not they're not they can't say like, oh, he's going to die. They have to do it in this whole roundabout way that I just don't think feel like pays enough respect to the character who dies when that happens. Oh, dude, I, I really this is making me think more like zoomed out. And I think. Yeah. You're, I resonate a lot with the points you're making because it clearly feels like there was too many cooks in the kitchen or like like when yeah. when 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 the artistic vision and the you know distributors like production agenda mm-hmm. like conflict, you yep. know. And yeah, it seems watered down. And like we talked about yep. before, like I, I've mentioned in a few episodes kind of in the middle of the seasons that I can tell that the creators, the showrunners are trying to signal to us that this is not PG anymore. This is PG 13. Like these are, these are like, yes, they're kids, but they're hardened fighters. 
you know, they, they understand, mm-hmm. they understand better, like that they're shouldering the world in some sense on their shoulders. These are real stakes. And I said, like, I feel like people are going to die. I feel like, like there's going to be like loss and sacrifice. That's going to be a catalyst for, for growth and change and, you know, the hero's journey. And I feel like, like, for example, the, the, the tales of Iroh, that emotional mm-hmm. moment. Right? Yeah, that that to me is like they can really pay respect and show the consequences that death has on others. Yeah. And I feel like when they do this whole this whole the way that Jet died, it doesn't doesn't hit as well. Yeah. Like imagine if they did Jet's death. It would have been hard to even without the production dilution, the like yeah. just like Nickelodeon dilution. Uh because like we love Iroh so much more than, you know, we've come to know Jet. But I think they could have breathed a lot of life into Jet this episode and made that moment like a lot heavier, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and, and the the point of doing that, not just to like make people feel like oof in their gut, I I think like it creates much more of a weight on like what the Aang gang are fighting for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels sort of wasted in that regard. Yeah. In that they're just like, it doesn't mean that much to them that he's dying they're just like sad that you know we lost a friend we knew that guy yeah that was it but like i like we were just saying iroh it informs so much of his character about this death of his son and we we don't get anywhere not that jet is as important to him as iroh's son is to him but like we don't get any of that distributors ruining art again (laughs) as always do you have any critiques? I can't remember if you've already... Not gone. really, not really. I mean, those are great okay. ones. Uh, I, I didn't really have any critiques. I thought it was a little bit... Like, I, it will be a critique if if next episode Zuko comes in and he's like, I'm a changed man. All it took was Iroh <laughs> yelling at me a little bit. That'll be <laughs> okay. a critique, but right. I, I don't think that's going to happen. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, all right. All right, well, I think it's time for our freshman year bogus thesis. Yep, yep. Bogai Thesai. Bogai Thesai. Okay, this is Bogai. <laughs> okay, go ahead. If you don't recall having woken up from a trance that somebody else has cast on you, you are likely in one. Whoa. Do you, can you remember when you took the red pill? Oh. Or the blue pill? matrix um yeah i'm clearly i'm obsessed with the matrix and like how Uh, society programs us to be a certain way and all those things and uh mm -hmm. what i would pull on in this episode one is the lake loud guy hypnotizing obviously um but also zuko and how his i think i think yes that's like the really poignant part of like how he escapes his and now that i'm like thinking about it i think they did that on purpose where like he has his own brainwashing that he's waking up from, um, yeah. And thematically, in the same place that of of brainwashing. Yeah, and it's difficult to wake up from that. Yeah, Iroh has been trying for so long to do it as gently as possible. Yeah, and and is telling it not directly telling him, but like, who told you what your destiny is? You get you got to find that out for yourself. Yeah, like who it's, you it's difficult be. to be. You know, we've seen how when Neo wakes up. Yeah, that looks fucking horrifying. You yeah. Know? Waking up from a trance is not easy. It's jarring. It's whiplash. It's raw, naked body, <laughs> but like your your like spiritual cognitive equivalent. 
is like seeing mm-hmm. something for the first time. I can't think of a better way to phrase that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, like the, what I'm trying to say is like the programming that was given to you is a protective shell of some sort of your maybe yeah. like true inner self. And it can feel very vulnerable to wake up from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's how Zuko feels. And I think that's how, or yeah, that's how Zuko feels. And I think like the Lao guy stuff is like this kind of more like, you know, more sci-fi literal way to like showcase it. But then the show's way of saying like, you know, this like sci-fi Lao guy thing, it's a metaphor for the real life thing, which is like what we're showing you through Zuko. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, so thus my thesis is you got to put in active work and be very conscious about waking up from these trances to figure out your own destiny. Mm-hmm. That's my Bogai thesis. Yes. Oh man, that was a really, I really <laughs> like, like that it? one. You I like it? Because I, I really want to also, and I'm going to give my thesis, it's yeah. going to be basically the same thing, <laughs> but okay. but I, that, that's why I like this episode is like yeah. it, it doesn't, upon first glance, the themes aren't as obvious, yeah. but I like that the, it's more of a subtext of yeah. what the, like thematically they're going for. Yeah. But I got to say, I didn't pick up on that when I, when I was watching the episode, I only connected the two dots. <laughs> Of yeah. like Zuko and, and Lao Guy brainwashing yeah. just now. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm going to – basically the thesis I want to talk about is about that. So I'm going to say my thesis this time is going to be an allegory. Okay. I'm going to talk about Plato's Cave. Ooh. You know this one? Yep. I've read The Republic. You know, <laughs> the, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm getting it right. So I'm going to I'm gonna Google the image of what it looks like. Allegory of the cave. Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. So – if you guys haven't heard of the allegory of the cave, you know, it's a classic. I mean, we're talking, this is supposed to be bogus high school thesis, right? If you didn't look at allegory of the cave in high school, like you got to look at it now. But allegory of the cave is sort of, it's, it's about the same idea of like free will and your perception of the world based off of like the information that you have in front of you. Uh, so this, if you look at if Google images kind of explains it really well. There's these prisoners that are uh, in this cave, uh, and they can only look at this wall. And then all on the wall, they see uh, these shapes, or shadows on the wall uh, of different figures. So in this image I'm looking at, there's a soldier, there's a horse, and there's a dog that are shadows. And really, the, the shadows are there because on the other side of the cave, there are people who are ho- holding up these like shadow puppets uh, in front of a fire. And so... They're holding up and they're moving it around. And so the people in the cave, they see the shadows and that's their entire reality is, you know, what the, they can look at their hands and the people next to them maybe, uh, and they can look at the shadows, but that's all they know about the world. Uh, and then on that's the left side of the image. And on the right side of the image, you see some prisoners uh, and they're escaping. I think this is part of the whole story of the allegory of the caves. Like they eventually get freed and they go outside and they see the wide world, right? They're on a beach in this image they see the sun, they see trees and it's like, how, how could they possibly perceive this? And I think, I think this is proving how much, how little I know about this, but I think what happens in the allegory is that the people outside are like shouting back to them. It's like, you need, like, there's a whole world out here. You need to come see it. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the world. Yeah. This yeah. is, could be getting this entirely wrong. No, that's like direction. Right? Um, but I'm trying to tie in what the allegory of the cave is. Okay. So I'm going to place all the characters in this image. Uh, this would be really helpful if you're listening along. Just pull up this Google image, go on Wikipedia, and it's the first picture right there for Allegory of the Cave. All right. 
It's thematic in that there's a fire, right? So we have Ooh. Fire Lord Ozai, who is fire bending this fire, and in fr- in front of him, uh, the people, the people holding the shadow puppets. You have Commander Zhao. You uh-huh. have Azula. Uh-huh. You have all these like higher level fire lo- uh, fire bending people that are there. Zuko is the prisoner in the cave. He's looking at these images of the the greatness of the fire nation and yeah. uh his destiny he sees his destiny on the wall here on the right side of the image exiting the cave is iroh iroh has left the cave he sees Ooh. out there this beautiful future for zuko he's describing it to zuko in this scene yeah he says what is your destiny i can see this destiny for you that's so much better for you and for the world and he really needs Zuko to leave, but Zuko has to leave on his own. It's too painful for him to chop off his hands and release him from the, the shackles and take him out. But that's what needs to happen. That's my allegory. Well done. I just wanted to use it because of like fire, firebending. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's also like a pretty like classic as it, as in it like relates to a lot of the human condition. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. like most civilization. So I, I think it yeah. fits well. And we learned something today, maybe. <laughs> yes, we did. Hopefully. Hopefully I did too, uh, just by Wikipediaing this right now. I think that is about it. And I think it's time to thank our sponsor for the day. Yeah. Um our spo- our sponsor for the day mm-hmm. is gonna be Lakeside Airbnbs. <laughs> Airbnb. It's brought to you by Airbnb. Airbnb, you can go to a lakeside getaway. I actually, just the other weekend, uh, we went to Sequoia. Peter wasn't able to come. Yeah, that's so much uh, Even though he was in LA, he just couldn't, wasn't able to come. He went some dogs, dog sitting. We went to Airbnb. We went to this place uh, right outside of Sequoia National Park. Uh, we had a great time. We had a run-in with a bear. Luckily, nothing happened. Sitting by the pool, hanging out. And I'm going to say about... 10 yards away uh out walks this bear nikki is like guys th- there's a bear right there we look over it's a very chill bear but it's like pretty close and big and we're like oh we should uh it's a black bear we said oh we should run inside we book it inside or i should say one of us did everyone else walked calmly inside and it was it ended up being a chill guy we watched it through the sliding glass door and it really only wanted to walk through the backyard and go into the neighborhood trash bins, but <laughs> it really, it really surprised us. It came in, didn't make a noise, and was just looking at us. And we looked over, and you know how people say like, "Oh, you know when you're being, you have that feeling of when you're being watched." Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel that at all. Didn't feel it at all. <laughs> no. Maybe I wouldn't uh, survive so long out in the wild. But yeah. with Airbnb, you can survive out in the wild. Many yeah. different experiences for you. Go, go to a lakeside Airbnb, unbrainwash yourself, <laughs> or rebrainwash yourself. You know, do whatever you want. It's a free country. Whatever you feel like. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Avatar The First Viewing. If you like this podcast, please go ahead and rate us or leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Those are the two places that it is right now. Let us know your thoughts. And course feel free to you know tell us your thoughts if you have any suggestions of things you want to hear in the future we're all ears also want to alert you guys we're almost done with season two 
And just planning for the future, we did a special episode at the after the end of season one. We watched the movie. We have another one planned for this after the season two finale. We're going to do sort of a halfway or a uh, retrospective episode where we're going to go back and look over the show so far. And we're going to see what we liked. And I'm looking forward to that one as well. Beautiful. Peter, you got any words of wisdom for us? Uh, yeah, I would say, jokes aside, like, I recently took vacation and, like, took some time to ask myself, what is my destiny that I want for myself? And it was very necessary. So, find your little way of doing that. Yeah. Be like Zuko, wake up.